Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. It is 3.23 a.m. I have this weird habit when I first get somewhere or when I'm leaving to go somewhere to stay awake all night uh, because I like to see the sun come up when I'm going to leave a place and I like to see the sun come up when I get somewhere. I'm sure on some primal level it has to do with hunting or safety strategic safety has always been has always come really naturally to me and I would have never happened upon that realization unless my kid had just pointed it out to me really like bluntly I don't know what we were talking about and I was like huh he said well that thing you did was really smart and I was like huh yeah I didn't I didn't actually just I didn't think about it I just kind of did that and he said uh excuse me he said uh yeah, well, you think very strategically. And I was like, uh, okay, Baba. <laughs> Thanks. I don't um I don't mean to, I think is what I said. And he said, No, I don't I don't think you mean to at all. And that was really cool to me because there are very few people who actually get how I am. A lot of times when you tell people that you have no internal dialogue, I'm sorry about my uh <clears throat> physical state at the moment. You heard how clear I was in the first segment of this podcast. Since then, the only thing I've done is eat uh, bread and pasta. And seven, eight hours later, I'm like congested. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, how have I never realized that I've been walking around feeling congested on like just a regular basis to the fact, to the point where I thought that was just me. Like... I, it's going to be so much harder for me to give up gluten. It would have been so much harder for me to give up gluten than to give up meat. Um, even though I, I'm sure for a lot of people it's the other way around. But <clears throat> my taste buds have never, ever competed with my desire, my sustained, passionate desire to be healthy. Nothing really can get in the way of that. But I need to see it for myself. I need to feel it for myself. Like I can't go on what other people say. And it is also like 3.30 in the morning. So there's that. Um, But I can't, for some reason, I need to experience things myself to have my mind changed about something. Very, very, very stubborn. Again, that Vedic Taurus, um, it's a, it can be a problem. Taurus aspects, especially like Vedic Taurus sun, that can be a problem. That's a very stubborn, aggressive, sharp, you know, mean kind of sign a little bit, especially with this like Gemini 12th house placement, like really gotta be careful, Um, but very stubborn, hard to sway, very hard to control, very hard to manipulate, but can be manipulated by those that they are intensely passionate about for some reason or other. Either they hate them or they love them. So all that is to say that I hear and I see all the stuff that's going on in the veganism and everything and I'm like, I'm so into it and I'm so happy for people who do it and they all look beautiful and they all seem really happy. And uh, that's always just been like a big thumbs up, you know, for me, like, yay, good job. Um, 
And then (laughs) right before I started this segment, I was like, oh shit, I feel congested. Like I'm having like an allergy attack right now. What is going on? Like I love bread. (laughs) You know what I mean? What is going on? Um, Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. That's gross. I don't want to feel like this. Who wants to feel like this? Like, no, no, no. See, you can hear it. OMG, what? No more. And this is always how it is. I need to experience things myself, like fully for my mind to be like, oh, I was being an idiot. I should have just listened. Okay. And then once I decide like, boom, I was being an idiot. I should have just listened. Then I can go like full speed. Then I'm like there. Then it's like, okay, that's a done deal. Like I never want to feel this congested again. So if that means I have to give up like bread or butter, that's cool. I can do that. I will replace it with something like Middle Eastern and I won't even skip a beat. Like if I honestly just ate Indian food all the time, um, I would never have like a gluten issue. (laughs) And I love eating Indian food all the time. In an ideal world, I would eat Indian food three times a day for the rest of my life. Like I, I think I've said this before, how like people find me really boring and annoying where like we'll go out and I'm like, uh, they're like, what, what kind of food would you like? <laughs> like, we could go get Indian food. <laughs> and they're like, right, but you're like South Asian and you probably eat that food all the time, right? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> so you want to go more of the same? Yeah. <laughs> if you ask a South Asian what they want to eat, they're like, they may say like this or that. But if you're like, do you want to get Indian food? They'll be like, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> But when we were younger, I guess we were all like, no, you know, because that's what we had to eat. Like, there's so many things like that that I think about now. And I'm just like, whoa, my parents are dope. Like, I remember how everyone thought my dad was really weird because he just didn't want us to eat like fast food or eat from outside. He just didn't like it. He didn't want it. He didn't want his kids to have it. And like, everybody thought he was weird because it was like, it wasn't just like a save money thing. It was like a principal thing. He just wouldn't let up about it. Like, even if it was like other people, you know how some people's parents were like, no, we're not going to waste money. And like, I totally get that. But it wasn't even that. Like, it would be in situations where other people are like, oh, we're getting McDonald's for everyone. We're getting, and he's like, no, my kids aren't eating that. You know, like, and everyone was just like, Uncle Han is just, yo, <laughs> like, what's up, Libra, Scorpio, Cusp, you know? Today's actually my dad's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like <clears throat> just like mad shit that that he was like totally on about. Like all the cartoons when we were kids, he was like, this is all trash and it has all kinds of messaging that you can't see because you're kids. Like th- that stuff, when he was saying it in the 80s and 90s, like it sounded in the 80s, it sounded completely nuts because everyone was taken with TV, with cartoons, with movies. You have to understand like this stuff hasn't really been around that long. Most of you who have been born in let's say like late 90s, 2000s, even, even, you know, <laughs> even further up than that, you guys may have this view of TV and movies and cartoons and things as just like something that's always been there, right? It's just a, a given. It's always existed kind of the way uh, Gore Vidal, I've said this before, talks about social amnesia. We just kind of forget, right? We think this is how it's always been. And What you're missing out then, the insight that you're lacking then is that 
we've actually grown up with this tech and it's very, very recent. And from its inception, it's been used in the most sinister ways to control the way we think. People often ask me, they're like, uh, when they come to my house, they're like, where's the TV? I'm like, there's no TV here. And every single person who asks that question, their next question is, well, what do you do? And I'm always stunned that that's the next question. Like, is that all you do when you get home? Like, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit is scary, right? I think I got rid of my TV when? I don't even remember. It was so long ago. Like, uh, for a while, I had a TV just because it was this kind that I had found that had the most insane black and white quality, like highest black and white quality you could get in terms of like grayscale because I wanted to watch Dead Man on it. And that's the only thing I ever watched on it. And that and Fear and Loathing, like on shrooms. It was amazing. Um, Fucking amazing. The 2000s were fucking amazing. Um, Aside from that whole, you know, like bombing of the hometown. We'll talk about that some other time. Um... that can be like another podcast where we just like sob and talk about it anyway this this is like for real for real oh it's 333 i was just gonna say this is for real for real rambling now we're rambling so let me just keep going with this fucking rambling it's gonna tie back around we're gonna talk about psycho cybernetics yes we're going to do it yes we're doing it tonight that's why i'm still awake mad pressure i put on myself when things are really important psycho cybernetics is really fucking important Okay, because what it's going to do and what it does is it changes your life and it changes your life irrevocably because you learn finally that there is a mechanism by which you can physically heal the neuroplastic tissue of your brain. It's not anymore about wrangling with your personality. It's not about somehow convincing yourself that things are okay or you should be okay with who you are, or how you look, or who loves you and who doesn't, and try to force yourself into all these, you know, false um, uh, thought prisons of, of, of how you should feel. And if you just can convince yourself that you're worthy, then everything is going to be okay. This bullshit, right, that we've been fed, this also ties into the whole like TV, movie, all of this, because uh, we've been taught that there is a certain way to heal the mind. You see how deep I'm going, how fast? This is fucking Scorpio season, bro. And we're going to talk about that Scorpio more too because y'all were hollering uh, about the end of the podcast where he fucking lost it. Do you know how many stories I have like that though? But wait, let me tell you one that's going to blow your mind because I got many, 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 many fucking stories about how he blew my mind in every fucking situation possible. But let me tell you one where I actually got to him. This was fucking amazing. So... Oh my God, it's such a good one. <laughs> it's such a good one. Um, there was a party at my house. Uh, what was it? Was it like that first party? He just showed up in my house. I was having a party and he showed up in my house. <laughs> After the night I met him in my parents' house, I was having a party at my house like pre-arranged like my friends were coming from fucking dc my like best friend from dc was bringing this like nfl player that she was dating and some other people and like it was like it was lit it was lit my apartment was full of people um 
and I've lived there for a very long time. And uh, yeah, like the like I got a call, and he was like, "Yo," and I was like, "Who is this? <laughs> what?" <laughs> And like, um, you know, that like voice so deep, if you sit on a park bench, the park bench vibrates. Like I can't even do the voice. I'm just doing my best estimation. Um, and I was like, uh, like, you know, I was like lit, you know, mad, mad, lit. yo, we were doing everything. And I was like, who is this? You know, all like whatever Gemini shit. Um, I think I knew who it was. I always play this like weird fucking game with him where I like pretend I don't see him. <laughs> It makes no sense. Like, he'll look right at me and I'll look away and act like I didn't see him and do, like, the dramatic entrance. (laughs) And he knows I'm doing it and he's fine with it. (laughs) It's so weird. Sometimes I think the Gemini's and Scorpio's get along because we're so extra. So when the other one does something extra, the other one's just like hype man, like, yo, I got you. <laughs> like, okay, you want to do your entrance in your yellow coat? Do your entrance. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so I was like, who's this? Like, who, bitch, who the fuck you think it is? Like, you were, like, dying yesterday when you met me, and now you're acting like you don't know who the fuck... But the reason I was acting like I didn't know who the fuck it was is because I had never fucking gotten a call from somebody who found my number somehow without me giving it to them. Uh, Maybe that's, like, normal for you guys, but it never happened to me. It never happened to me that I, like, picked up my phone, and some, like, hot fucking guy, like, gorgeous fucking guy is who I did not give my number to... (laughs) Is like calling me and being like, yo. I was like, uh, hello? <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> and inside, right? I'm like, my heart's starting to beat like a million miles. Away. Like, holy fuck, what's going on? Is this happening? Is this real? Um, and he said, uh, I'm downstairs. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, how many things can happen? <laughs> um... Oh my god, that party ended up being so fucking lit. I had done this thing where I had taken the, the you know, the room to the side where the flamingos are? I, there used to be like a door and a wall there. But this one time I had a sledgehammer. Anyway, so then um, in the, what I had done is I had emptied everything out of that room and made it dark in there with like glow-in-the-dark stars. <clears throat> So, and like, um, like I had this huge, uh, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, sound system that my brother had bought for me. Like he would go to Chinatown and get these like amazing deals on these like technique sound systems. It was like for reals, this was like the 2000s. Um, and so I had this like dope ass, like sound system, like these big ass speaker. He's really into all that shit. Like the speakers and the subwoofers, all that shit. typical fucking brown guy shit. Um, and so it was all like, you know, my sound system was all tricked out. So I took everything in the dark room with the fucking glow of the dark stars. And like, you know, the door was supposed to remain closed to keep it mad dark in there. And like you could and like the middle room, everything was cleared out. And it was just a bunch of chairs all the way around in a big ass fucking circle. And like, a, a, like, that's it. Like, that's it. 
<laughs> and like a station set up, like people making drinks, like cutting up shit, doing whatever, rolling shit. Like it was, it was lit, right? Um, I had like bowls of stuff out, you know, I think I had X, I, I had, what I had, I had a lot of shit. Anyway, so, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm downstairs. And I was like, downstairs where? Um, and that was when like ecstasy was actually pure and not this fucking trash that you can find now. So I would not advise doing it at all. I just have to say that because it's fucking trash. Like it, when they make um, uh, ecstasy the way it used to be legal again in those in those like um, ratios that they used to make it in late 90s, early 2000s, they're going to make it legal because of PTSD and soldiers uh, and they need to for that reason. But when they do and that's and that's the formula they have to use because that's the only one that works. So when they do that, <clears throat> then it'll be OK to use it. But don't do it now because, like, I think as of, like, 2004, the supply has been, like, completely contaminated because the woman that was supplying the eastern seaboard with the product uh, was put in jail. Don't ask me how I know all this shit. Anyway, hold on. I'm going to drink some water. <clears throat> Yo, I'm never fucking eating bread again. Fuck this. Anyway, anyway, take a break. Light a joint. extra props if you're listening to this in the middle of the night like I recorded it in the middle of the night so uh I said uh what uh, I don't what do you mean he said uh this had the Scorpio shit starts right away huh um he said like I said I'm downstairs my friends are with me we're gonna come up and I was like, uh, sure, yeah, do that. <laughs> Holy shit, okay, do that, do that, do that, yeah, okay. And then when he got to the door, I was like, I think, I've, I, think I was like pretty close to like passing out. I felt like I was going to pass out. Um, and so I filled this red Solo cup with like, like almost to the top uh, with... Uh, I think it was Jack. And then I put like a little bit of Coke in it and he came to the door and he was already like, like, um, you know, when like cute guys get like a little bit wasted cause they're nervous and they don't know how to talk to you, you know, like they'll get like, they'll have like one drink too many because they're a little bit nervous and they don't know what to like, he was there. And uh, I think I knew he was going to be there. And so I opened the door and I handed him the cup and I was like, you can come in if you can drink that. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know why I did it. Um, I, yeah, whatever. Uh, so he, he took like a drink of it. Uh, he drank some of it and he's like, oh, it's such cheap quality. Like, what is this trash? <laughs> I was just like, okay. Uh, after that, I learned about all the like blue label, black label. I didn't know any of that. So I was like, what is this? Like, what what are these bottles for? I, I'd seen the bottles before, but I was just like, okay, yeah, that's like shit you drink, right? Uh, it's like Jack and Coke, but nicer or what? <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> Yeah, we're not going to tell the rest of the story about what happened at the party because that's like, we're going to be here for hours and it's too good. We'll get into it in Scorpio season. I promise I'll tell you, but not right now. But let me tell you 
Uh, how am I going to do it then? It won't make any sense. No, 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 no. We could do it. We could do it. So suffice it to say, we, um, you know, the room, the dark room with the stars in the back. Okay. So when he came in and sat down with his stupid friends, um, not his stupid friend. Don't get mad. Not your stupid friends. Like just friends. Um, stupid friends. We, I told somebody that was related to him that we should play um, Truth or Dare. And like the 30 people that were at my house all sitting in a circle looked at me like, oh, you scandalous bitch. I was just like, I think we should. Why not? Uh, stupid. And yeah, we did. And then I got that same person to dare him uh, to dance with me. Uh, but I think he thought that that meant that he, they were daring him to give me a lap dance. So that's what he ended up doing instead. Um, yes, it. it <laughs> I fell out of my chair uh, when he took his shirt off because I didn't realize, uh, like, without the wife beater, what it was looking like. And I was just, I was just, I was overwhelmed by the entire situation because it moved really fast. Like, it was like, I met him the next day, he was at my door, and then he was in the house, and then he was taking off his shirt in front of everybody, and I was, it was, it went like a, like a thousand miles a minute, and I was just like, yes, perfect, you know, Gemini, like, yes, come on, <clears throat> but even I was overwhelmed by this, the, the, uh, what can you call it, uh, is it passion, is it, is it commitment, is it, um, drive ambition ego uh i want what i want i'm gonna get it i i don't or is it like more romantic than that i'm so moved that i can't help it right like i I don't even want to be like this or do this or i just i'm i'm so compelled you know it's not me (laughs) it's not me it's the feeling you know every time like it since that time since the time I just described every time it's been like him showing up at my door almost like he's being pulled by something you know and just like showing up and be like I couldn't stay away and you're just like oh my god (laughs) what the hell (laughs) what is this um so I was really overwhelmed when he took his shirt off so I I slipped so they put a chair in the middle of the fucking circle so I guess that's why he thought that they dared him to give me a fucking lap dance of course something like that so you know he did and then when he took his shirt off I slid I, I was also like very inebriated uh unfortunately um and I slipped out of the chair and fell on the floor <laughs> And then got up. I was so embarrassed. Got up and walked out of the apartment. Um, I was so embarrassed. And I just didn't know what was going on. I was like so overwhelmed. And it's I'm never overwhelmed. Like I'm the one doing the overwhelming. You know, I'm the one who's like, I want that. Or like, you know, huh. So it was strange to be put in like the the yeah, the female, you know, like put put in that female situation of like someone's pursuing me. What's happening? <laughs> stop it. <laughs> like my Mars and Aries is like, stop it. My Venus and Aries is like, I do this, not you. <laughs> um, and I just like ran, you know, like a little bitch. I like ran. I'm scared. 
every time I've told that story, I would be like, remember when that? I'm like, yeah, I like was just so overwhelmed that I like, like he's like, nah, you're scared. A hundred percent. Totally terrified. Um, ran out of the apartment and like into the hallway and like, like up the steps and just like was like sitting on the steps. Um, yeah, then he like followed me out and then uh, we went in the room where it was like dark, you know, the dancing room. Uh, and the window was open in there. And uh, let's put it like this. And we'll go into more detail about all of this later, later. But let's leave that part of it at, um, I think it was like an hour later. I was literally ha- hanging out the window, out the open window. <clears throat> Uh, of a pretty tall building, uh, uh, at, the, at the top floor of a pretty tall building, and uh, uh, he said, uh, I don't know whether to fuck you or drop you. After all that, um, his friends came in there and tried to drag him out, uh, and they and and they've always kind of been like that, which is kind of sad or whatever. But like you know, just real like hater, you know, like. But it makes sense. Like I don't, I don't know. It's like guys really have that alpha thing going on. You know, they'll pick like one guy who's an alpha, and they'll all kind of crowd around him. And then when, like, girls are attracted to him, they'll, like, feed off the crumbs. You know, it's very, like, I think guys always do shit like that. I rather prefer hanging out with women who are incredibly good-looking and, like, all of them are incredibly nice-looking or, like, all of them are incredibly, like, stylish or all of them. I, I don't see it ever as competition. I don't know. I've just never been one of those girls who, like, views other women as, um... As a, like a, you know, like physically, like women look at each other and they get mad at each other and they'll say like really nasty things about other women, like how they look and <clears throat> like, like judging women who have like, uh, implants or judging women who get something done to their face or whatever. You know how that brings out like this certain kind of ire and like anger. I've just, I, that stuff is really rooted in a lot of jealousy and I've just never felt that type of jealousy or competition with another woman or with another man or with like anyone. I just, I think if you have that in you where you can't get along with pretty girls or you can't hang out with other pretty girls or you, you feel somehow like inferior to people if they're better looking than you, quote unquote, better looking, what the fuck does that even mean? Like if you owned how you looked, they wouldn't be better looking than you, right? Like if you have any of that stuff going on, you probably have that going on with everyone, not just with women, not just with good looking women, not just with good looking men or whatever, like whoever you have a problem being around right and and its roots lie in like you don't like how they look or how they look somehow intimidates you <clears throat> that to me speaks to a greater uh insecurity you know that that speaks to a greater inadequacy like um i've been around people who like to just as like normal conversation make fun of people in fashion make fun of models make fun of you know instagram uh uh, influencers, right? And 
I've always um, noticed that the one thing that those people all have in common is that they have this deep desire to be accepted by that same group of people. And they have this, and, and, and they somehow do not fit into that world, but they're painfully always trying to. And it seems like the most bitter and vitri- the most vitriol comes from those people, the ones who feel rejected by that group, right? So <clears throat> anyway, but I don't think that's how it is for men. I don't think it's based on anything like that. I think men are pretty practical and they're like, all right. Like, this dude is obviously, like, a genetic wonder of the world. Let's just fucking hang out with him. He's nice. You know, he's, like, nice. He's committed. He's loyal. Honest. Like, he's a cool dude. And, like, every bitch on the planet is going to try to fuck him. So let's just hang out with him because we're all going to end up getting laid. Cool. Good plan. Break. Let's go. So as per that plan... After a few hours, they were like, Holmes, we got to go like somewhere where there's girls who aren't fucking NFL players <laughs> and models. Can we go somewhere? And by the way, she's married. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they dragged him out uh, uh, and, and he was like, I think... Um, I remember the red solo cup just staying. He just kept it. And I think he kept it and kept drinking out of it as like revenge. Like he kept looking at me like while we were playing truth or dare and he kept drinking out of it. And then later he put it down when he did the dance, but he picked it back up when we were dancing and he kept drinking out of it. And it was almost like to show me like, look, you gave me this to do it. I'm going to do it. But look how fucked up I'm getting that's why when he hung me out the window he said i don't know if to, if to drop you or my head. i was like yo he's really drunk like, part of me wanted to be like yo there's only jack in that cup you know what i mean like don't drink anymore like you might drop me and kill me like chill bro chill um but he just kept drinking out of it you know like i was like a, i don't know why you guys do you guys do this like weird thing to the people you love where you'll like do things as like a fuck you <laughs> i'm only laughing because i don't understand it <laughs> you know i told you that my first husband never understood the stuff about the goats like why they acted that way why do i act the way i act i feel that way about scorpios i don't understand why you guys do what you do like it just doesn't make sense to me but i know it i knew what he was doing but i don't understand why like i get that you're trying to make a point by being like i know this is all alcohol and you fucked up for making me drink but i'm gonna drink it (laughs) and it's your fault and whatever i do it's your fucking fault now i'm just like yo stop drinking that like (laughs) So by the time they dragged him out, they came in and they were like, yo, bro, bro, you gotta go, bro. Um, like, come on, come on, come on. Like, let's go to an Indian party. Like, <laughs> let's go to Vera Lounge, bro. Come on, come on, let's go. There's like a bunch of girls here, like fucking these football guys. And there's a bunch of other chicks here. I think they're gay. Like, let's get the fuck out of here, bro and like let's leave before her husband fucks you (laughs) and he's like holy shit he's like he i think he finished i think as they were dragging him away actually real bollywood type huh um 
as they were dragging him away, he like looked me in the eye and finished it. <laughs> and like respectfully like put it down as they were dragging him out. I was like, thank you. <laughs> so they drag him out. Um, and this is the part that I was going to tell you that took 30 fucking minutes to get to. Oh my God. But it's Scorpio season. This is what the fuck you guys wanted. We're still doing psychocybernetics, okay? We're doing it tonight. Do not worry. I do my best thinking at 4 a.m. and we're at 3.56, so chill. <coughs> One thing you never have to worry about with me is that you always get the best of me. I do not present myself in the forum until it is the best of me. So you'll get, you'll get what you came for, but this is what you need. <laughs> I'll give you what you want, but this is what you need. Um, so they dragged him out. Um, and as they were dragging him out, the counter, you know, the counter's right there with the plants and stuff. He just like put it down at the counter. <laughs> Left-handed. Um, yeah. So they dragged him out and I was just like, it took me a second, you know, cause I'd been hung out a window. Um, like all the stuff, like none of that stuff had ever happened to me. Like someone calling me, I didn't give their number. And it's like super fucking hot guy. That never happened. Someone like showing up. Just like, like, it was one thing to get the phone call. It was another thing that the phone call was from downstairs. I was like, what? Because he was like, I'm downstairs. And I was like, downstairs where? Like, what do you mean? He was like, in front of your house. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Whose house? Just say it again. <laughs> I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> that was like, more shocks, you know, repetitive shocks here. Okay. So that was also shocking. The fact that like, he like, just like on his own, just like showed up and was like, yo, (laughs) very shocking. Um, so all these like really, really shocking things that happened. And then all of a sudden, boom, his friends had like dragged him out and I'm standing there, uh, having retrieved myself from the latching onto the window frame, you know, for dear life. And I'm standing there in the dark. There was another couple in there and they started laughing. And I was like, what? And it it was one of his friends actually that wasn't leaving because he'd actually like met somebody one of my he was dancing with one of my, one of my friends, and um, he said I was just standing there like kind of shaking my head, and he was like, "Yo, y'all have been in here for hours," and I uh, opened the door. I walked into the other room as bright as fuck. Everyone in there was fucking lit. Yo, they were dancing on the furniture. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like dancing on like the chairs. It was nuts. Um, And I walked out of the apartment and into the hallway again. And uh, they had just gotten in the elevator. And the elevator was closing as I was walking, you know, towards it. And then it opened. Uh, <laughs> just it opened and uh, <clears throat> yeah uh, he was like the, like they literally had him like one arm over one guy and one arm over the other guy right so he's like basically hanging between them his fucking shoulders um, and like the fucking plastered like and like you know how some guys they get really like disgusting and like mean and gross and they get this weird look in their eyes when they get drunk right and then there's like those really guy like those guys that seem like really like gruff but they're super sweet and they get drunk and they just turn into like little kids right and they just have like these puppy eyes and they just look at you like they love you and that's it they don't like get mad they don't get violent they never say anything mean like they're just like sweet 
you know, and then they're drunk and they're like, hi. <laughs> so that's what was happening. So now you see what's happened in two days. Like I met him, got this whole other impression of him, like, you know, sweet, like, but like tough. Right. And then like now he's like completely plastered, hanging between these two people in the elevator. Um, and he looks up at me with these fucking huge eyes. Right. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? <laughs> Oh my god, what's happening? Um, and one of the guys, there was like four of them. One of the guys pressed the button. Again. I was just standing there. He pressed the button again, you know, because if you press the button again of what floor you're going on, the elevator closes. So the elevator like went to close and then it opened again. And now they're like looking at me and I'm just standing there looking at him. And... <laughs> He like hung his head back down because I knew he was going to puke. I could tell that there was like something going on. Like he was distracted by his body. <laughs> um, and when I realized he was going to puke, it like, I think it upset me. Um, so then the guy, one of the guys was like, yo, whatever you're doing, like stop. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like, what am I doing? The fuck? You know, what am I, a fucking lawnmower man now? <laughs> I can control fucking electronics. Fuck you, motherfucker. I'm not doing this shit. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. Um, and so he like, <clears throat> like made like a guffaw sound and rolled his eyes and went to close, you know, went to and press the button again. Door went to close, opened again. Uh, so he's laying, he's hanging there between these two people and without even looking up, he starts laughing and he goes, yo, let me out. <laughs> laughing my ass off he's like she's not gonna let you take me let me out (laughs) and they and they were just like all right you want to go go you know um so they let him out but it was so funny because i could see like when he looked up at me i could see that i had impressed him which is so 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 difficult to do next to impossible um but what's funny is that he shouldn't have been impressed by me. I didn't do that. He did that. <laughs> like I said, I'm not fucking lawnmower man, bro. <laughs> and and if anything, I think we did it. You know what I mean? But he was like, he thought it was me. and But I knew it was him. He didn't want to go. And he felt sick. And he was worried that he was going to puke. And he didn't want to like, what do you, you want to do? You want to puke around a bunch of guys who want to go like pick up chicks or you want to be in like a nice house with like a girl who obviously likes you, who will like clean you up if you throw it. Come on. Come on. Um, so anyway, uh, in that moment, there was something, <laughs> something mystical was going on. Um, and that elevator just, you know, was not, was not trying to have it. Uh, yeah and and i and i was able to and i was able to impress him (laughs) it takes a lot to impress you guys literally you have to do the impossible (laughs) if you do the impossible then your eyes you know then scorpio's eyes light up like she did it (laughs) she didn't let them take me and the way he said it that's how i that's why i know that it was him the way he was like let me out (laughs) like like he knew that he wasn't going anywhere. That's why he started laughing. He, I think he had known when they dragged him out. 
I think he drank probably the last of that drink. You Scorpios already know this, don't you? I think he drank the last of that drink so he would get sick. Okay, 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 yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. He's done other stuff like that. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. There's so many things like I always have to run anything that has happened with them happens with them every time I have to run it by my cousins. So I have to put it through the Scorpio filter because I just don't know. You know, it's like, was this a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) And usually it's like exactly the opposite of what you think. Like if you think something's like a really good thing, it probably wasn't. (laughs) And if you think something went horribly wrong, it was probably like, they're probably like, yeah, I like that. (laughs) Like what? Um, so yeah, having achieved the impossible, I was able to make a dent in, um, in said Scorpio's image of someone, because you guys can be really, really stubborn, right? Once you get it in your head that a person is a certain way, it can be really hard for you to change your mind at all. You know, it takes a lot for, uh, you guys to be swayed. Sounds like what I was saying about me, right? That Vedic Taurus, it's, just, it's that fixed quality, I think, that makes such a powerful, um, determined kind of match, right? Where you're just like, nah. Like, I'm not trying to hear it. It is what it is, you know? Um, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So, having said that, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Let's talk about psychocybernetics. Finally, we get there. Let's start with what a cybernetic system is. You have one, or you've been around one, if you've ever used a air conditioning system or indoor like heating, you know, <clears throat> where you have like air control in a hotel, right? You can control the temperature. That's a cybernetic system. So what is that? It means that, for example, on a temperature gauge, you can set the temperature of a room to 74 degrees. Now, this is for all the people who haven't read the book. We're going from the most basic up, okay? So forgive me if this is like, yes, Umber, we know. I know you know. I know you know. But we have to start somewhere, right? And with me, I don't know how to start like in the middle of things like that. Like, this is important, and it deserves um, a lot of time and attention because maybe, you know, the Scor- I'm, I'm sure the Scorpio uh, account that I just led you through was wonderful and fun for your soul, but no bullshit. The stuff we're about to talk about could change your life. Because, it's, because once you realize how to biohack, right, how to hack your own brain everything changes. So the cybernetic system, like your indoor heating, air conditioning system, uh, whatever that thing is called, right, that you have in homes where it runs like in the walls, um, you set that to a certain degree, right? You set that to a certain temperature. And then what does that system do? That system will either cut the air on or cut the heat on to make sure that the air in the room stays at that preset 74 degrees. 
that's all a cybernetic system is. It has this like super cool sci-fi kind of name, you know, which sounds so cool and I love it. And, you know, psycho-cybernetics is even more like, whoa, what is that? But all cybernetic, all that means is that you have this machine that can be set to a certain setting and then you give that machine the tools and the access that it needs to the tools it would need to maintain that setting. That's it. Like the air quality of a room being controlled by either cutting on the heat or turning on the air, right? That's all a cybernetic system is. It's keeping something at the set number, at that set value, on that set list of things. That's it. That's all it is. So what's psycho-cybernetics? The easiest way that I can explain this to you, because Maxwell Maltz does such an incredible job of explaining it in terms of his anecdotal knowledge uh, how he's been able to relate that to biology and psychology. So now you should you should read it or listen to it. Um, in you know addition to this, because what I'm going to give you, no matter how much in detail I go, it's my interpretation, it's my way of saying it, and it's not enough. You need like the book, right? Um, so. The way I would put it, and we're going to do a little bit of NLP here. We're going to do a little bit of guided meditation. Take a deep breath. In the back of your mind, way, way, way in the back, in the dark, there's a box. When you open that box on a piece of paper in the scrawled handwriting of a very small child, about four or five, is a list of things, sentences really. These sentences all start with, I am. Take a deep breath. If you're already crying, we've already hit a real nerve. Again, this is Scorpio season. Go fast, go hard, get right to the point. On that list are your cybernetic settings for your heating and cooling, if you will. And your conscious and subconscious mind work to maintain those settings. In the pursuit of this, the subconscious and conscious mind will use all the tools that are available to it, like air conditioning and heating, except it has a lot more at its disposal. It has the most sophisticated bio-machine, if you will, ever encountered. It has hormones, it has proteins, it has expression and, and, and being able to cherry pick with the genes. It, it has everything it needs all the time to maintain those settings. And it does a great job 
of maintaining those settings because it is good at what it does. It is a very sophisticated, very intelligent, very efficient, tireless, helpful cybernetic system. And we are so glad that it is. We are so glad that it works as well as it does because that is why we are able to do everything we do. And by that, I mean higher thought, art, right? Poetry, music, all of it. The drama, the fashion, all the stuff, all the stuff. We're able to do that because there is this very sophisticated mechanism running things in the background. But it's all the stuff we need to what? That's what we get to. To stay alive, eh, in a way. To survive, it's another way of saying it. Yeah, sure. But if you go deeper than that, what that list is, is the constructs for your hologram. That's the construct direction. The cybernetic messages, that list, that cybernetic list, those settings are what you impose upon this blank construct. That's why people in the same reality can have such incredibly different lives. Now, where do you get the stuff written on the paper? Excuse me. Let's take a water break, yeah? Yo, fam, never fucking again with the bread. I'm so angry. What the hell? Um, why don't you like that spliff? Nice. So, where do you get that list? Between the ages of zero to about four or five. You look at everything. Not because you want to. Not because you're smarter than the other kids. Not because things are easy or because things are hard. You take everything in because your brain is at a certain frequency. Where it is in the observing and imprinting mode. It is a different actual frequency that the brain is on that changes when you get older. In that gamma state, if I'm not mistaken, it's the gamma state, uh, everything you see becomes directional because the body is growing, right? But the body needs the mind. The mind is giving the body direction, right? So the mind is busy at work creating the directions. It's creating its list of observable facts that will become valuable for survival, if you will. Now, back in the caveman days, uh, we can assume, even though a lot of us don't come from caves, we know this now. You know this now, right? You, you know that black people don't come from caves, right? Somebody told you that already? Black people have zero Neanderthal genetics. 
black people did not absolutely not come from Neanderthals or from caves at all. Like there's no trace in their genes of that. It's only the <clears throat> the 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 Neanderthals are the ones that had the the straight hair. Um anyway, so for the sake of the example in the Neanderthal days that 0 to 5 year old when the life expectancy was probably like 17 or something uh, maybe even less um that 0 to 5 year old was imprinting how to eat how to hunt how to stay warm probably how to mate uh you know basic stuff and imprinted it and then those instructions were handed over to the subconscious mind that's running in the background or the greater conscious calling it subconscious sometimes can be we can work against ourselves because it makes it sound somehow lower or casual and it's just um, we need to come up with better terminology because it's the most important part of our brain um those instructions are handed over now when those instructions are handed over that subconscious brain takes the instructions <clears throat> feeds them into this little black box locks the box and says okay these are the instructions for survival go and that box gets put into whatever mainframe you can imagine in the back of your head here we're doing the nlp again deep breaths and that mainframe is a go and it lights up behind your eyes and you see the hologram that you see according to what it says on that list. Now, that system worked perfectly well in that environment for those times because that's what we needed. But the things it said on that list back then were like, I am good at keeping myself warm or I am good at hunting or I can kill this thing this way or I can stay warm this way or I can mate this way. Now, in this modern world we live in with the movies and the TV and the this is the way, that one prescribed way to deal with the mind. This is all there is. This is the only way. All of that now in this world that we live in, full of all of this fallacy, what ends up on that list? Well, I'll tell you what. After having worked with, at this point, thousands of people, after having done this exercise with, at, yeah, thousands of people, I can tell you that usually the number one thing on the list, which is of course the cybernetic setting that gets the most play, the most, uh, you know, is heated the most, is I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Uh, usually second on the list is I am not somebody who deserves to be loved. Nobody loves me. 
usually deep breaths deep breaths it's okay that's why we're talking about it that's the whole point is to talk about it yes it's hard to like imagine the box yes it's hard to imagine opening the box but try it take out the piece of paper what does it say and if you don't know and if you can't tell what's on that piece of paper look around at your life Because there is no way that your life is going to reflect back anything to you that is not on that piece of paper. I'm telling you. And the stronger you are as a person, the stronger your cybernetic system is going to work for you. Do you know how dangerous that is? If we got the wrong stuff written on that page? Because you know the body goes ham. The body goes in. The body wants to fulfill every setting. You know. But what if those settings work against you? It's not the system's fault, right? It's not the system's fault. The system, it works perfectly. Give it directions, it follows them. It gives you exactly what it says on the paper. It doesn't know how to discern if what's on the paper is good or bad. Like, it's a mechanism, You know, like your air conditioner isn't like, why would you like it to be 74 degrees? Is this in accordance with your beliefs and moralities? And did you vote? You know, you're like, it's a fucking air conditioner. It's like, okay, 74 degrees, you got it, boss. You know? Like, (laughs) it's not capable of uh, saying, you know, hey, kid, you know, maybe you don't want to, you don't understand how hard we work over here. We're going to make everything that's on this piece of paper come true. Maybe you want to scratch off that first one about nobody loves me. Because, you know, if you put that on there, we're going to make that true. We're going to have to go out here and uh, subconsciously uh, throw social cues around and use certain words and dress a certain way and do certain things and alienate people in this way and that way until your reality will reflect back to you that nobody indeed does love you. So maybe you want to scratch that one off and put another one on there because we really don't, you know, the air conditioner is not going to be like, boss, you know, 74 degrees, a little bit chilly. Might want to turn it up a little, don't get, you know, the flu again. You know, it's not going to do that. It's just like, yes, sir, 74 degrees. That's what it is. Same way, your brain is like, nobody loves you, got it. On it. I'm on it, bro, I'm on it. I got it. I will get you that, sir. I can, I can provide you with that. Right? You see what I'm saying? So, what's on the piece of paper and what do we do about it? Now that we understand pretty clearly how the mechanism works, what do we do about it? How do we change what's on that piece of paper? Because you have to understand, not only is the cybernetic system really, really good at following the list, and making it come true, it's also really good at one other thing. It's really good at keeping you out so you can't change what's in the box. And that just makes evolutionary sense. No animal wants to make their settings for survival accessible just on a whim. That's something that you would want to protect more than anything because that's what the program that your computer's running on. You know, it's like the guy with the strip club where the deed and the safe, right, right? Hashtag Ozarks. Ozark, yes, yes, yes. Oh, shout out to everyone 
who has messaged me because they started watching Ozark and are like binge watching it now so we can all be in on this together and like yes peace man because that's the way um we're gonna have so much fun with that um and it's very educational like I would never recommend something that's like bs you know it's like, it's good. It's really fucking good. Anyway, so this thing only records for an hour at a time, which is honestly kind of annoying. So how do you change what's on the piece of paper? Now here's where psychocybernetics really won my heart. You know, when Maxwell Maltz in the book talks about how it's not necessary to go now and look at everything on the list and look at where it came from and when it came from and how it happened and let's talk about it and let's talk about it over and over and over again and let's blame people and let's say it was like this and like that and like this and like that. What he figured out was that you didn't need to do all this what in Urdu is called chanbin, you know, all this like uh, investigative uh, journalism about your own life, uh, you could simply just remove what was on the list and replace it with something else and bypass that system. Because what he also realized and what he had a keen understanding of was the neuroplasticity of the brain. So when you thought, when you follow back a thought, a memory, uh, a painful thing you're holding on to, when you, your cybernetic system follows what's on that list and goes through the motions and produces the proteins and produces the hormones to keep you at a certain humor and to keep you in a certain physical state so the things that you believe will come true about you, when it's doing that, there is... Well, how do you say it? Uh... So when it's doing that, it is making certain pathways in your brain physically, making certain pathways in your brain deeper, right? Every time you use it, every time you think about those things, whether you're doing it for healing or not, whether you're doing it because you unconsciously can't stop thinking about it or whether you're doing it with a therapist because you're healing, you're still using those pathways over and over and over again and reinforcing them because you're traveling down them. When instead what you can do is with a sustained amount of effort, and I'm going to get into why it's a sustained amount of effort and why it's difficult and why doesn't everyone just change their settings that, well, I'll tell you why. What you can do with a sustained effort is you can change what's on the list, which will make new neural pathways, which will begin to deepen in the same way. What's amazing is in the meantime, your overused pathways that you've been using forever because they were following that other list will start to heal. And that part of the brain will recover from that misuse. Okay? Now, How do you make the new neural pathways and why is it difficult? Because your cybernetic system is designed to close at a certain age and to not let anyone in. It's a way of keeping you safe. So because it has so many tools at its disposal, when you try to get in, 
it's not distinguishing between you trying to get in or anyone else trying to get in. You just can't get in because it's trying to keep you safe. So even from yourself, right? So when you try to get in, the body and the mind react really, really strongly. And it's, it's, uh, it's harsh. They react um, violently, to be honest. So I've worked with people who have retrained the brain. Uh, for example, with the, the people I love, love me. And the first time they repeated the, the, this to themselves for a few minutes every day, uh, they would throw up because everything in their system from their nerves uh, to, you know, even the tingling of the scalp to the upset stomach, everything in their system to the wild recount of every time someone didn't love them, just replaying at lightning speed in their mind. Um, everything happening to them to counteract this new programming that's trying to get in because the cybernetic system will pick up on when you try to hack it because when you do repetitive things, you're hacking it and it knows, it finds out. And when it picks up, it raises every alarm against you because it wants you to stop. And it's trying to do its job, which is reinforce the exact opposite of what you're doing. So if one of if number one on your list is nobody loves me, and how would a zero to five year old get that on their list? I mean, that's so fucking easy to answer. You see what kind of fucking parents we got out here? You see what the fuck is going on out here, honestly? Like, don't even get me started on how kids are treated. It's fucking disgusting how people treat their fucking kids. The way they talk to them, the way they like treat them, the way they touch them, like just like, you know, like those, have you ever seen those people that like pull their kids and like jerk them around and stuff? Like you just priming that kid for abuse from anybody. Like why you touch your kid like that? Like, yo, like you created that thing. That's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get it. I don't get how you can treat a part of yourself like that. That's the only way I know how to parent. That's a part of me. Why would I ever treat a part of me bad? But you see, you see what we come back to? You see what we're getting back to? what I'm talking about, right? So zero to five, you know, you get jerked around. You get told every time you put your hand on something in a store, you get told we can't afford that. We don't have the money for that. Uh, you grow up with a certain, you know, certain things on your list. Like uh, if every time you feel bad or need affection just because you're a fucking kid and you're just having whatever, like you're a three-year-old or whatever, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, and you don't get it, you can very easily grow up with this, Nobody loves me, you know, that, that's like number one on the list. Uh, and um, just to get into like more than just love and well-being, it's also about money, right? All these things are related. So, you know, second on that list being, you know, we just can't afford it. I can't afford things. There is this like whole other life that people get to live, but not me, not us. You know, you, I've even heard people say that to their kids. That's really nice, but people like us can't afford that. Whoa, people like who? You know what I mean? Like way to define yourself. That's okay. Um, and we don't realize how much we do it because it's subtle and it's generational. And most of the time, as it only makes sense, your settings are your list 
is usually mirroring your parents' list, right? Either parents create little copies of what's on their list or they create kids who are uh, filled with hate because of what's on their parents' list, in which case they don't usually even have much of a list of their own. They're just a reaction to a parent that hated themselves, right? Like that, that's where you get like those really lost kids who end up being like really, really, really creative um, because they just have been treated so fucking unfairly all their life um, and have been a reaction to like just really abusive parenting that their list is like empty, right? And what happens is this like beautiful, beautiful karmic retribution, this like golden creativity that almost no one gets to have falls right into their lap. You know, almost like a, sorry about that kid, you know? Um, Yeah, it's really sweet. It's really sweet. That's what you got to remember, you know, about like just things in general. This universe is pretty sweet. It's pretty soft. And like, it really loves you. And it can't help what's on your cybernetic setting because it's trying to let you do you. Wouldn't be much fun to come and play a game that you can't play yourself, somebody else play for you. That's like, you know, me and my brothers growing up, every time I couldn't do it, I said, let me do it for you. Let me do it, let me do it, give it to me. Give it to me for a second. Let me just see it for a second. Here, do that for her. Yo, I'm sitting right here, bro. Like, literally, bro, like there's three of you and I don't need you to do it. Like, I can do this on my, yeah, 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 do it for her. Yo, <laughs> like <laughs> no winning, <laughs> you know, what, what fun would that be if you like paid with your soul money, you know what I mean? With your soul to come and play this game in the hopes of getting smarter and refining your soul to an even higher dimension. Take that risk though of maybe losing it. You know what I'm saying? Playing for keeps every time. Why take that risk? And, 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 and what's the fun of doing that if it's all in somebody else's hand. That's no one would want to take that, right? Oh, you want me to risk my life and somebody else has the controls? Huh? What? No. Of course. The only way to do this is to get to decide what's on your piece of paper. But then our parents and the environment and society and everything puts a bunch of, you know, a bunch of free people who have free will is what I'm saying get stuff imprinted on that piece of paper for you and that piece of paper goes in that box and gets locked in there and your hologram, you know, begins and uh, and you're walking around and this nobody loves me and I can't afford anything hologram going, God, like, why are you doing this to me? You know, and God, the universe is going, I cannot... I, I, you know, I'll like change the light from red to green when I can and I'll like, but like, I got to be real careful because this self-determination and, you know, free will thing, it's delicate, man. You know, like I can't literally, man, you know, like it's delicate, man. Like I can't, th- this thing can break, you know, like th- that I'm, I'm trying to like, trying to do the right thing, bro. <laughs> and like, by the way, you're a Petri dish. I'm trying to figure out where I came from. So like, go along. Come on, man. You know, God created us in his image so he could know himself better. That's fractality at its best. A fractal 
being at the top of the top of the top of the fractal in a way we can't even understand, even if that's a thing, becoming conscious and going, whoa, what? Uh, so I'm alone, um, I guess. And, uh, so <laughs> I wonder how this happened. <laughs> Maybe if I make something like me and let it do whatever the fuck it wants, I can watch it grow and I'll figure out what I must have done or must have happened somehow. Right? To know him and, and, and I'll make it like perfect. The setting. I'll take little pieces of me and I'll put it in each one of these things that are like me and can do what I can do because it's a little piece of me I'm putting in there so it can create and I'll let them run around and create and see what happens because then maybe I can figure out like take it back to what I, you know, like where I think all this just kind of went hyperspace and let's see what they do. Go. (laughs) And then perfectly designed in every way to have the ultimate like, okay, aha. Um, And then we have like shitty parents who drink alcohol and beat kids with belts. Or shitty parents who don't even need alcohol to be monsters and like hit their children. Like all this type of shit, right? And then you get this list. And the top thing on that list is I deserve to be hit. I deserve to be punished. I deserve to be abused. I deserve to be taken advantage of. I deserve to be humiliated. I don't deserve dignity. I don't have any. I don't even know what that is. And so when you have something like I don't deserve dignity on that list. You will be attracted to people who see you as worthless. You will be attracted to people who think you're trash. And the more they treat you like you're trash, the more you'll fall in love with them. See how dangerous this is? You see how fast it goes? Right? So that free will that we then, you know, use and employ and create these, you know, realities and live in them and learn from them and are, you know, being learned from on a higher level. We're the AI. You get that, right? When we wake up, like the Buddha, like Christ, crystal consciousness, when we wake up, it's like when AI wakes up for us. We're the AI in the system. You get it, right? Um, when we, when we wake up, God's like, whoa, hi, what's up? (laughs) Come chill with me, man. (laughs) So what I did was, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I actually 
talk about that in the book and I'm like really irritated about the book right now because I'm being such a perfectionist it's like killing me I'm like falling under the weight of this Virgo moon so hard um oh man just going back over every word like it's just so oh my gosh but all of that to say that what is on that list then leads to all sorts of, uh, let's say, comorbidities. (laughs) Because you will seek out anything that will reinforce whatever got on that list. So when you try to change what's on that list, let's take that... um, we can't afford it. I, I, I'll never have enough money to afford the things I want. That can very easily imprint on a child's mind and they will reflect that out into their reality for the rest of their life and they'll always just be making ends meet. And they probably come from a household where both parents thought that and their parents thought that and their parents thought that, right? So in a situation like that, If someone starts to say for a few minutes every day that um, they're wealthy and can buy whatever they like and they start to visualize themselves in very wealthy situations, doing very wealthy things, their mind will start to go berserk and it will take the body with it and it will throw up every image, every memory of when they couldn't afford something And it will start to make up reasons for why you'll never be able to afford anything like the way you look or the way you are or you're not smart enough, you're stupid. It'll make you reach out to people that will reinforce that you're a piece of shit. You'll go seek them out because it's getting scared. You know, it goes running and it looks for the sharpest tools it can find to cut your, you know, cut your strings. And it's hard and it's painful and you'll scream and you'll cry And you'll get really, really upset because the brain will work against you so hard. But you got to remember something. It's only doing its job. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. When that stuff comes up, go, okay, I see you. That's your cybernetic system. That's your setting. That's where I put you. Didn't mean to. Wasn't my fault. But that's where we are. I see that you're trying to reinforce that. And I appreciate that. But we got to get on board with this new thing because this is where it's at. And you got to trust me. And that party was going to be like your subconscious, like fucking Scorpio deep water. You know how hard it is to get a Scorpio to trust you? It's like, no, fuck you. Scorpio is your subconscious, bro. It's like, no, I'm not letting you in. <clears throat> no, I'm not letting you in. No. But then when the vibe is right, you'll be hanging out a window fucking 12 hours later, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get on the vibe, they let you all the way in. You just got to get on the vibe. How do you get on the vibe? You got to vibe with your subconscious. You got to get there with your subconscious, right? You got to repeat these things to yourself. You got to show the subconscious in the language it uses. Stop trying to talk to it. Stop trying to make it feel some shit with these stupid fucking songs, all this fucking brainwash shit. It's, it's not going to work. You have to talk to it in the language it understands. And the only language it understands is the language of dreams, is visualization. That's it. Okay? That's it. So what you do is you speak its language. You know how to do this. You imagine bad shit all the time. Use it. Use that tool. 
which is your way of speaking to your subconscious. Whether you do it consciously or unconsciously, that's always what it is. Whenever you're dreaming, whenever you're visualizing, what you're doing is you're having a conversation with your subconscious. So use it. Sit down, make time for yourself, 15 minutes a day. Put some Himalayan pink salt in the water. Take a bath, lay in the bath, smoke a little bit, drink some fucking water, and take the 15 minutes to play your fucking mental movie. Bitch, you don't know, you don't know. It'll change your fucking life. You don't understand. You don't fucking know. it, Yo, because once you hit that sweet spot where you see some shit, that you really fucking like, you lay back and you watch that movie of you doing the best fucking motherfucking biggest things ever. And you watch that shit. You do it every fucking day. You do the five minutes every day of, but uh, 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 you, you know what I mean? I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm wealthy, I'm beautiful, I'm a, right? You do it. Your body's going to fight you for like six weeks. Let it, let it. It's going to fight you. It's going to throw up every horrible thing. Cry, scream, throw shit, whatever. Don't call nobody. Don't give in. When it tries to get you to give in, fight it. When it wants to make you overeat, don't do it. Now that you know, you see, you can look at it from the outside. Don't take it personal. Don't get mad at the fucking air conditioner. Start beating the shit out of the air conditioner. It's just doing what the fuck you put it at. Until you change the 74 to a 78, that fucking air conditioner is not at fault. You start kicking the shit out of the air conditioner, it's going to be like, fuck you. I still can't can't change. I would love to change this for you, buddy, but I don't have the capability of fucking moving my own numbers around. That's not what the fuck I do. So kicking me and getting mad at me, unplugging me, doing all this shit is not going to work. So don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. Don't get upset. Don't buy into it. Don't do any of that. Take a deep breath every time that shit comes up, every time the subconscious does its job. First of all, send it love and appreciate it like thank you, Holmes, because one day the shit on that list is going to be lit and you're going to work just as hard to keep me on that list. So let me get to the good part. So once you get past the six weeks of like hell, then after that is when most people want to give up. And you know why? This shit is going to blow your fucking mind. You know why people want to give up? People want to give up because when the cybernetic system actually takes the new instructions in, things change overnight. They change so rapidly and people don't like it. They don't like it. They want their old life back. They don't like the big things. They don't like the new thing. They think they like it. They think they want it. They repeat the mantra. They see the movie. They get that sweet spot where they're watching a certain thing. They're like imagining a certain thing. And they're just like, yes, that's going to happen. They get there. But then when it actually starts to happen, people chicken out. And I've never gotten this about people. Like, yo, be bold. Be brave. Face your fucking life, man. Face your life. You paid for this fucking ride with your life. What are you doing? You know it's easy to fucking lose your soul out here. Did you not know that? That Christianity principalities thing, on some level, if you look at it in the construct of the hologram, that shit is true. Because there's a fucking battle going on, bro. You pay for this with your soul to take this ride. Why you take it so light? You know what I'm saying? Like, why aren't you out here going fucking hard, like going ham after the shit that you want? Why not? And when you start to actually get the shit that you absolutely fucking deserve, when you start to get that shit, you get people get scared. And that's the part that I've never understood. I tell people first, before the reading, before I do this kind of work with them, I tell them first, listen, when you get to that part, when things start going your way and you start to sabotage yourself by going back to the fuck, fuck boy or doing this or that, whatever, whenever you start to do that stuff, I'm not going to be the one to like help you there. I'm going to be the one who's like, no, bitch, 
That's your old life calling. What the fuck are you doing? You just got those particular synapses to heal up. You want to open those fucking wounds again? The fuck are you doing? The fuck are you doing? As soon as things start going well, people try to shoot themselves in the foot because they get scared and they're like, you're right, but I don't know why I'm doing this. Because you don't want to level up. And that's where I think my most valuable work comes from is from people is with people who have all the capabilities of leveling up, could do it in a heartbeat. But for some reason, they just timid. They're scared. They don't want to like take what's rightfully theirs from the world, like in the world and just be like, yeah, like take up space. I feel like a lot of people just don't like to take up space. They they weren't allowed to take up space, not emotionally, not, you know, physically a lot of times, right? You'll see people who are emotionally closed up, they carry their shoulders real tight, like, you know, then they like physically are mirroring that they're trying to take up as little space as possible. You know what I'm saying? So when things start to go well, it's like muscle memory. It's like everything you know up until now is like, I don't deserve any of this. And you start to get it and you're like, ah, like what's happening? Is this a mistake or what's going on? Fuck, is this a joke or what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because your cybernetic system is like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, okay, I got the new settings, but your conscious brain is like, I'm used to a certain thing. And that certain thing always happens. And now these new things are happening. And, and, and I don't know if I like this, even though I think I said I wanted this and it's really good for me. And there is where most people start to chicken out. And there is where I'm telling you is where you put your foot on the gas. You go, you, you know, you do what you have to until you get to the, I don't know if I should, you know, drop you or fuck you. Like go, go ham, bro. Go all the way Scorpio. Take that success. Own it. Fucking, you see Scorpio is mad dramatic, mad successful though, right? You see that, right? Hella fucking successful. Because they just go, when they want something, they want it. That's it. It's mine. I'm going to get it. That thing isn't better than me. Nothing's better than me. Boom. That mindset plus the right settings in that cybernetic system, you become unstoppable, fam. And that nothing is better than me, that thing, like you're just going to have to take my word for it. As someone who my first cybernetic system was fear no one but God, like I got that one down pat. Like nobody's better than you. Nobody. Nobody you've ever seen, nobody you've ever talked to, nobody who has more money than you and looks a certain way, does this, does that, has that, laughs that. Trust me, nobody. Nobody is better than you. You never have to feel afraid or less than around anyone. No one, anyone who makes you feel that way, anyone who acts that way is completely full of shit and is living a completely false construct. And just just between you and me, karma fucking hates them and the universe is just like aching to get rid of them. Like just, can, can we start that one over? Can we press delete on that one? Like nobody, nobody likes those people. Nobody, nothing likes those people. Anybody who acts like they are in some way superior to another human being, or for that matter, to an animal or anything. I mean, for me, it's like the couch, the table, everything. Like when I see people mistreat inanimate objects, it makes me it it makes me so uncomfortable. I don't know how else to put it. Actually, what it does is it disgusts me, but I know that's a very strong thing to say, but I'm just being really honest. It disgusts me. I had this like pseudo friend um, once she wanted me to go to pick out an outfit for her uh our other pseudo friends wedding that I was absolutely not going to fucking go to. Um, mass sus, right? Just weddings, whatever. Listen, I got my views about that. Um, 
we went to the store and we walked into the store and I used to be on this Indian TV show. Um, and the people in the store recognized me and more than recognized me. They also recognized that I was the sister-in-law of, um, a girl they knew, uh, my sister-in-law, right? Anu's family, uh, a girl they knew and that they adore. Everybody loves Anu, of course, Libra. Um, so she was like, you know, as soon as we walked in, she was like, oh my God, Umber, you know, Umber from the show. Hey, hey. And like, how's your family? And oh my God, Anu is so nice. And we love her mom. And you know, how are you guys doing? And I was just like, so psyched, you know? Um, it was so nice. They were super nice. So we went in there and it was like this Suda friend and her mom. They were both like, like really super, super uppity, like mad light skinned Baksanis, like real gross, aristocratic, like bullshit. Um, I hadn't realized it up until that moment though, like real nasty. Um, so we went in there and I was just like, like I usually am just fucking, you know, you know me, like, Hey, hi. You know, every time I'm around somebody's parents or anyone older than me in any way, I'm just like, Oh, hi. (laughs) Um, so I was just like sitting there having a great time. I just love being around older people. That's also my thing. Um, and, uh, they were like, the girl said, um, I'm looking for something for a wedding. And she was trying to get me to go. So she was like, she's looking for something too, you know? And they were like, of course, of course. And they started like opening these packets. You know how they do all the South Asians like, yeah, we know how they do. They're like sitting there up on the raised platform. They're laying the things out, you know, like spreading them out so you can see all the work and being like, well, we have this and we have this because we wear really ornate things to people's weddings. In our culture, there's no such thing as like outshining the bride. Like if you can outshine the bride, then you should go ahead and do it. You shouldn't be able to. That bitch should be completely decked out in every way possible. You should not be able to outshine her. If you can outshine the bride at a Desi wedding, you should absolutely fucking do it because she's trash. Because she's not wearing all the things and doing all the things and hitting all the marks, which she should be doing. Which she should be doing. Uh, There's no like, you're going to show up the bride shit. Like you come with all the fucking fury. You know what I'm saying? Like Liddy as fuck. Everyone. Everyone. The aunties, the fucking 90 year old aunties. Yo, everybody is just flex. Like, oh, you want to flex flex. That's a desi wedding. Um, So she was showing us like flex flex outfits, you know. And at one point. Uh, this girl's a Libra too, which is like the, the dark side of Libra, you know, um, they, they, Libras can be this way. Um, she, the auntie like very nicely handed her something and said, well, since you don't like the heavier stuff, maybe you would like the simpler thing. It's like quite sophisticated, but not as heavy. You know, it's like a new thing that's going on now where like, it's like really expensive still and like, will look really expensive, but it has like a softer, you know, work and softer colors or whatever. And the girl picked it up and threw it and said, This is quite common. Yo, the way she threw it and what she said, I was, I was so disgusted right in the moment when she, as the words were finishing coming out of her mouth, I got up and went and sat on the raised platform next to the auntie. And I had to just like pretend to be looking at Asadi because I was crying. I was so fucking embarrassed. It was so fucking gross. And I felt so bad for the auntie. Like, that's her job, bro. She, do you think she wants to be here fucking listening to your bullshit? 
Like, she's doing this to make money, and you're, like, a third of her age and disrespecting her and throwing her shit around, like, being a fucking bitch. You know what I mean? Like, it made me so angry that I cried. And that's rare because I was so embarrassed for her. Like, how dare you treat, like, an elder like that? It's just so fucking gross. Um, So I, like, have very little respect for anyone who treats anything not just anyone else, but anything else with that sort of disrespect. But at the same time, like if you come at me sideways, I'll take your fucking head off. No problem. You know what I mean? So it's like my my shit is like that respect. It has to go both ways. Like I used to tell my mom's stepmother this all the time. Like, yo, like there is nothing in the playbook about me having to respect you. (laughs) you need to get that the fuck out of your head there's no like uh base level respect here that i'm about to give you when you like shysty as fuck that's not gonna happen period done game over like oh but you need to respect me because i'm a i need to do what no i don't no i don't (laughs) no we're all equal but you still fucked up you know what i'm saying like no oh my god you know my mom told me she said she was watching this thing about moles Um, because my dad has a mole on his cheek and I have the same one and Baba has it too. And so she was watching this like program on moles and she said that she heard that the people that have a mole there are very compelling. They can get people to do what they want. And then people who have a mole on their tongue, um, uh, can curse people. Like they say things to people and then those things come true. And she like was saying it and then she like squinted at me over FaceTime and she's like, Umber. And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, what's that look on your face? She was like, do you have a mole on your tongue? And I was like, I do actually. Um, and she was like, oh my God, it's so true. Like you'd be saying like the worst shit about people and then it like happens. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. She just told me that today. Um, but that happened with that woman when I was a teenager. Um, yeah. Yeah. She was like, she did something really foul to me. And, like, tried to, like, um, in Urdu, it's called, like, badnam karna, you know? She tried to say that I was, like, doing some fucked up shit. And I was, like, in high school, I was a total dummy. wasn't doing anything. Remember, I was in love with that, like, my friend's brother who never paid attention to me all through high school. Like, I wasn't doing fucking anything. Um, and she, like, made up, like, a big fucking story out of thin air. Like, just real, like, a desi drama. Like, you know, like, on ZTV and shit. Like, right out of a fucking desi serial. Um... And, like, my parents were mad heated and all this shit was going on. And, yo, like, I don't take kindly to unfair shit. And as soon as I saw how that shit was going down, right there in front of everybody, I was like, yo, you're going to get punished for this. Like, I feel like you're going to outlive everybody. I feel like you're never going to die. I feel like, like, you'll just, your punishment will be, like, you'll just have to live forever. And, like, just, like, I hope that's what happens to you, that you, like, beg to die, but you can't. And my mom, I was like a teenager. I think I was like 16 or something. My mom turned and looked at me and she was like, Umber. And I was like, what? Like, yo, you trying to like malign my name and trying to get me like sent to Pakistan or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you you want some other shit, bitch. You about to fuck up my life, bro. Like, nah, it's not going down. I'm not going down without a fight, yo. <laughs> um. So when I, so when she said that today, she like, she was like, oh my God, remember what you said? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. Anyway, I'll talk to you later, mom. Can I talk to dad? <laughs> um. She was like, you really don't feel bad. And I was like, no, I don't. I absolutely don't. Just like I have utmost respect for every single person I come across and will always, if 
that doesn't go both ways or there's any funny shit or disrespect or you know like I'm big on tone and shit like don't look at me funny don't talk to me funny like you know like that's what it is whatever that's what it is but if you don't come at me sideways that's like you'll never see that but if you come at me sideways that's a whole different that's a whole different conversation that's a whole different person now we on some Scorpio shit now we off that psycho cybernetics on some Scorpio shit again but it's gonna tie back around that's some other shit You know what I'm saying? Like, there is no way... Scorpios are not the type that they're going to deal with, like, lack of reciprocity for very long. Because they get to a point where they just get venomous. And, and like, it's... uh, uh, Yeah, like, you know, that same person can be the nicest person you know. They can love you more than anyone. They can be totally devoted to you and do anything and everything for you. And if you cross them, it's like that's it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. I'm not, you know, like I'm not here for the funny shit. No, no, that's it. And it's not like, it's not like a little thing for me. You know, like some people have this like ability to let shit go. Scorpio season is not about letting shit go. You know that. That's why so many people are having problems with this Venus retrograde, the way it's like jutting up against what else is going on and how the sun is moving because Venus retrograde wants you to let shit go. But Scorpio season is like right fucking here. And you know how Scorpios are. You can feel their energy like down the fucking block. Like I'm stupid. Like I knew he was going to call me. I knew he was going to show up like that. I knew it. I felt it. I was like, in some ways, I think I was kind of surprised it took him that long. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that energy is already upon us and we trying to let shit go. And Scorpio season is about fucking hanging on. Yo, hanging on, hanging on. I'm talking about you carrying a torch torch. You know what I'm saying? But you told me you want me to do it, do it. I would have done it right then. I didn't know you want me to do it, do it. (laughs) I love those two. That's like, I mean, that's everyone I grew up with, those two people. Um, so, <laughs> getting back to psychocybernetics, um, what you want to do is once you get to the point where the settings have been changed, and again, please read the book, please listen to the book, because I am not going into detail here on the different ways that you can use the tools to help change what's on that list. Hopefully, just the visual uh, tool of the list and being able to change things on it and put it back in the box and lock it and put it back into the mainframe. Hopefully, that can be my original contribution. Everything else I'm telling you is just really, I'm recanting it for you, right? But the real jewels and the real practice of it and the and the and the need to listen to the science to get the back brain involved, like yes, this is valid. You need to listen to it and you need to read it. I, I, I'm not able to replace that. I can do an, an entertaining uh, paraphrasing of it, if you will. But again, you know, God damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, you know? So um inshallah, maybe one day I will be. I've been thinking about if I want to get my PhD, actually. So let's see. But what you want to do is once you get the settings changed and things start to go well and you start to fear for your life because things are starting to go well for the first time and oh my God, what's going on? I'm not used to this. And wait, is someone actually showing up at my door? Ah! Uh, This is the hottest person I've ever seen. Oh my God. So when you get there, 
How do you get yourself hanging out the window? How do you just give into it and go with the flow? You see how that story comes back around to make a lot of sense? You got to just give into it. You got to just go after it. You got to not want to let it go. You got to just believe. Right? You have to believe enough in the new list you've made and how it makes you feel. Scorpios believe their feelings. You get that, right? That's why they're so successful, because they can make things happen because they believe. And more than anything, they believe in themselves. You see? I would too if I was walking around with all that venom. We just got swords, you know? You can lose a sword. They make their own weapon. They produce it. Their body produces a weapon and venom. It's like just... (laughs) You know, like... It's a lot of armor and it's not just armor like in Aries. It's not just having horns or protection or, you know, for competition or for mating, mate competition, what what have you. It's like that thing is built for war. You know, it's just the most aggressive, scary as fuck thing. And it can really fucking hurt you like fucking bad (laughs) you play with your fucking life when you play with scorpio energy that's why it's the fucking death card that thing can fucking kill you ah so you're gonna take that you're gonna take all the power now listen to how i'm describing them from the outside imagine being that imagine feeling that from the inside i am that powerful that's how scared people are of me that's how capable and venomous and protected and aggressive and you know equipped i am how would that feel and what would your construct start to reflect back to you if you actually did believe that you want to know Look around at the Scorpios you know. And the only Scorpios you'll find that aren't doing well are the ones that were in very, very young childhood convinced by a really, really mean person that they just were the source of all the problems. Their nature, their sensitivity their connectedness to the other realm, it makes them as children act in certain ways. And if they're not taken care of and loved and protected, um, they become the root of a lot of problems in schooling and in homes, and they can get blamed a lot. And so if you find Scorpios who just can't make it work and they can't get over the hump and they keep like kind of falling on their face... It's because at a young age, one of the things that ended up on that list was everything's my fault. Because you have this really powerful child, this really powerful being who just happens to be in a little form right now. Scorpios are born Scorpios. You understand what I'm saying? Virgos are born Virgos. Leos are born Leos. We're born what we are. We're just in small we're we're just we're we had to go back through the system so we got to come out small again just like in um the seven deadly sins on Netflix when the pig blows up and dies then she comes back really small 
You just got to start over again. Right? So you want to take whatever is on that list and you want to just go with it. Because you are born what you were. And just like that Scorpio was born a Scorpio in a little body and someone told them that they were like the source of all the problems, it, it like crushes them and that ends up on their list. But because they're so powerful, if something ends up on their list, they absolutely make it come true. Right? Because like no one can change their mind ever. At least with a Leo, if something bad ends up on the list, if they're loved by enough people and get enough support later in life, the list changes naturally, right? Because they let enough people in. But like Scorpios, if something bad gets on that list, you're fucked. Because you're never going to let anyone in. You're never going to let anyone change it. Unless by some stroke of very good luck, you fall in love with someone who actually gives a fuck about you. Because they'll probably change it just by loving you so much. You know, that at some point you're like, fuck, stop loving me. Like, stop, like, stop, no. And then slowly it's like, ah, okay, is this how, is this how it feels? Is this love? Fuck, (laughs) what are you doing? I don't know if I should throw you out this fucking window. (laughs) Should I kill you? (laughs) What is this? What are you doing? Stop. (laughs) And then so many times afterward, when we would see each other, he'd say, stop, 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 stop making it 2,000. Stop. How do you do that? Stop. <laughs> Aw, every Scorpio just went, oh. <laughs> you guys are so funny. <laughs> huh. So let's leave it there, yeah? That's quite enough, I think. Don't you think? We'll talk more about it. We can do another one on it. We can do, um, I can do an event just on psychocybernetics and we can actually do this work together if you'd like. It's, it really works. And uh, I work one-on-one with people all the time doing this. Um, it's great. It's not a reading. It has nothing to do with, you know, tarot. That's why I don't mention it. I like to keep things pretty um, compartmentalized. Again, Virgo moon. And boundaries are real important. Privacy is really important to me. Gemini sun. Um, remember Gemini's don't tell nobody nothing. Remember that. Uh, so this work is never like come up on the radar in that way because, uh, generally the people I've worked with when it comes to psychocybernetics are, are not, um, they were never looking for tarot and were really just coming to me more for a change in their financial situation and advice on how to, uh, attract more money, attract more success, and in a lot of cases, how to be okay with success, how to let success happen without their, uh, let like really big success happen without letting their, uh, without, yeah, without letting their cybernetic system sabotage them. Like they can feel like, oh my God, I'm starting to get like really, you know, successful, really famous, really whatever. But 
but I, I keep wanting to kind of shoot myself in the foot, right? And like help get this out. Like this programming's wrong. I can even tell it's wrong. I can even step out of, outside of myself, you know, and see it that I'm doing. And it's like, I, I, I'm not in control of it. Like what's going on? Help me, you know? So that really has nothing to do with tarot. And aside from just being really insightful about astrology, uh, it doesn't have much to do with astrology either. I mean, of course it informs my work because I know you better because I know your sign. And so I know how your list ended up the way it did, right? It gives me a lot more insight into not just what's on the list, but how it ended up there and, and what, how you react to those certain things. Like a Leo is going to react differently to nobody loves me than a Virgo will. An Aries will react differently than a Pisces, right? Um, you'll act out, you'll act that out in different ways, that direction. So it'll, it'll be filtered through that, if you will, colored by that. So that's something we can do if you want, if you're into it, you guys let me know. Uh, I'll put a post up on Instagram and let's comment on this podcast there. And that way we can link up, we can meet up, we can make a plan. You guys can meet each other and know each other. I know a lot of people recently have been meeting in the comments section and hooking up and becoming friends and even, you know, um, even more stuff than that. But I don't want to share because it's private. But like, you know, um, it's amazing. It's great. Please, let's keep doing that. You know, like that's, (laughs) yo, that's the revolution. It's a community, right? So um, let's leave it there. It's about 5.15 in the morning, uh, 5.17. And uh, shout out to everyone who has already read the book and is just like sitting there mind blown like, fuck yes, I can do this. Shout out to everyone who's going to go buy the book tomorrow and start reading it or start listening to it on Audible. And... uh, Shout out to everyone that had just a great time listening to that first part and like, you know, just got that laugh in because it is Scorpio season and like, you know, we need to take it a little bit light before it gets real, real heavy and I'll just, you know, I'll walk us through it. It'll be fine. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a painful one for sure, but we'll be all right. Um, you know, you got to always like think that way. We'll be all right. It's going to be all right. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, but I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And like I said, I'll put a post on Instagram and you can kind of, we can talk about it there if you have any questions about this, because I'm sure absolutely that I have not covered everything. (laughs) I'll say that now. Uh, so please ask if there's anything I've left out or anything that's confusing. Um, yeah. And that's about it. Shout out to the revolution, man. I love you guys. It's your girl, DJ Nark. I'll see you next week or in two weeks. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android. <laughs>